Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Chapter 25 of Bill Nye's Sparks by Bill Nye. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Dale Barkley. A country fire. Last night, I was awakened by the cry of fire. It was a loud hoarse cry, such as a large adult man might emit from his window on the night air. The town was not large, and the fire department, I had been told, was not so effective as it should have been. For that reason, I arose and carefully dressed myself in order to assist, if possible. I carefully lowered myself from my room by means of a staircase which I found concealed in a dark and mysterious corner of the passage. On the streets, all was confusion. The hoarse cry of fire had been taken up by others passed around from one to another till it had swollen into a dull roar. The cry of fire in a small town is always a grand sight. All along the street, in front of Mr. Pendergast's roller rink, the blanched faces of the people could be seen. Men were hurrying to and fro, knocking the bystanders over in their frantic attempts to get somewhere else. With great foresight, Mr. Pendergast, who had that day finished painting his roller rink a dull roan color, removed from the building the large card which bore the legend, Fresh Paint, so that those who were so disposed might feel perfectly free to lean up against the rank and watch the progress of the flames. Anon the bright glare of the devouring element might have been seen bursting through the casement of Mr. Cicero Williams' residence, facing on the alley west of Mr. Pendergast's rank. Across the street, the spectator, whose early education had not been neglected, could distinctly read the sign of our esteemed fellow-townsman Mr. Alonzo Burlingame which was lit up by the red glare of the flames so that the letters stood out plain as follows. Alonzo Burlingame, dealer in soft and hard coal, ice cream, wood, lime, cement, perfumery, nails, putty, spectacles, and horseradish, chocolate caramels, and tar roofing, gas fitting and undertaking in all its branches, hides, tallow, and maple syrup, fine gold jewelry, silverware, and salt. Glue, codfish, and gents' neckwear, undertaker and confectioner. All diseases of horses and children, especially. John White, proprietor. The flames spread rapidly until they threatened the palace rank of our esteemed fellow townsman, Mr. Pendergast, whose genial and urbane manner has endeared him to all. With a degree of forethought worthy of a better cause, Mr. Leroy W. Butts suggested the propriety of calling out the Hook and Ladder Company, an organization of which every one seemed to be justly proud. Some delay ensued in trying to find the janitor of Pioneer Hook and Ladder Company Number 1's building, but at last he was secured, and after he had gone home for the key, Mr. Butts ran swiftly down the street to awake the foreman, 
but after he had dressed himself and inquired anxiously about the fire, he said that he was not foreman of the company since the 2nd of April. Meantime, the fire fiend continued to rise up ever and anon on his hind feet and lick up salt barrel after salt barrel in close proximity to the palace rink, owned by our esteemed fellow citizen, Mr. Pendergast. Twice Mr. Pendergast was seen to shudder, after which he went home and filled out a blank which he forwarded to the insurance company. Just as the town seemed doomed, the hook-and-ladder company came rushing down the street with their navy-blue hook-and-ladder truck. It is indeed a beauty, being one of the excelsior noiseless hook-and-ladder factory's best instruments, with tall red pails and rich blue ladders. Some delay ensued, as several of the officers claimed that under a new by-law passed in January, they were permitted to ride on the truck to fires. This having been objected to by a gentleman who had lived in Chicago for several years, a copy of the bylaws was sent for, and the dispute summarily settled. The company now donned its rubber overcoats with great coolness, and proceeded at once to deftly twist the tail of the fire fiend. It was a thrilling sight, as James MacDonald, a brother of Terence MacDonald, Trombone, Indiana, rapidly ascended one of the ladders in the full glare of the devouring element, and fell off again. Then a wild cheer rose to a height of about nine feet, and all again became confused. It was now past eleven o'clock, and several of the members of the Hook and Ladder Company, who had to get up early the next day in order to catch a train, excused themselves and went home to seek much-needed rest. Suddenly it was discovered that the brick livery stables of Mr. McMichaels, a nephew of our worthy assessor, was getting hot. Leaving the palace rink to its fate, the Hook and Ladder Company directed its attention to the brick barn, and after numerous attempts, at last succeeded in getting its large iron prong fastened on the second-story window-sill, which was pulled out. The hook was again inserted, but not so effectively, bringing down this time an armful of hay and part of an old horse blanket. Another courageous jab was made with the iron hook, which succeeded in pulling out about five cents worth of brick. This was greeted by a wild burst of applause from the bystanders, during which the hook and ladder company fell over each other, and added to the horror of the scene by a mad burst of pale blue profanity. It was not long before the stable was licked up by the fire fiend, and the hook and ladder company directed its attention toward the undertaking, embalming, and ice cream parlors of our highly esteemed fellow townsman, Mr. A. Burlingame. The company succeeded in pulling two stone window sills out of this building before it burned. Both times they were encored by the large and aristocratic audience. Mr. Burlingame at once recognized the efforts of the heroic fireman by tapping a cake of beer, which he distributed among them at twenty-five cents per glass. This morning, a space forty-seven feet wide, where but yesterday all was joy and prosperity and beauty, is covered over with blackened ruins. Mr. Pendergast is overcome by grief at the loss of his rank, but assures us that if he is successful in getting the full amount of his insurance, he will take the money and build two ranks, either one of which will be far more imposing than the one destroyed last evening. A movement is on foot to give a literary and musical entertainment at Burley's Hall to raise funds for the purchase of new uniforms for the fire laddies, at which Mrs. Butts has consented to sing When the Robins Nest Again, and Miss Murdie Stout will recite Ostler Joe, a selection which never fails to offend the best people everywhere. Twenty-five cents for each offense. Let there be a full house. End of chapter 25